When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Baradine Pod, part of the 1012 Podcast Network, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Matt Workman, and that man over there, is Joe Goodman. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm dealing with the different stages of grief as I slowly come to terms with the fact that football really is gone. I know. Sunday was rough. Sunday was a rough day. Yeah, it was like, man, there there really is is just no football. Yeah, there's no football. Really... There wasn't a lot of sports because you had like I guess the All Star Game, NBA. Yeah, All-Star yeah. Game. Sunday there was there was nothing. But there's like nothing really going on, and I could have a whole thing about what are we doing with All Star Games? Like, are they irrelevant? Which I think they are. Um, I did not watch the NBA All Star Game because it's pointless. I did catch a little of the celebrity Mac- game. Mac just because DJ Stroud was. Mac McClung wins the like slam dunk competition, which is just a seems like a travesty to me. I mean, he's won it what two years in a row? Yeah, two years in a row. I only know that because I got an ESPN notification for it. I, I don't yeah. remember the last time I watched the dunk contest. Me either. I didn't actually know. I think the last time I watched the dunk contest was when Blake Griffin jumped over the Kia. I think which Zach Levine won it the last time ago. I watched it. Zach Levine won it, I think. I mean, that was probably 10 years ago, maybe. Something like that. So, like, yeah, yeah. It's it. I just it's, but it's not like compelling. I will say this: like the the Provo. I was watching like the Provo like skills comp because I thought that was interesting. Those skills competitions that they did for the Pro Bowl. There's no game. There's a flag football game, which is oh the uh, oh yeah, like uh, the, I saw the, like Jason the Pro Kelsey. Bowl. There's like a snapping one. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. did make it to the finals against Baker Mayfield and like the QB one. Yeah, the QB one. Then they have like the like kind of like a gauntlet type of competition, which was interesting. And then you had like the flag football game. So like, but I didn't in. watch any of that live. I just saw like the no. highlights on social media. I think I watched one day. It was like during the week. I think I probably watched the QB competition live, or you know they do the skills. So like they had the snapping, then the quarterback competition, the different. I think I watched those. It was on. It's not like I'm sitting down watching it, but it's like on. I'm doing other stuff. It's on in the background, white noise while while I'm, you know, making dinner, 
you know, doing all that, you know, dad stuff. You know, I will admit, uh, like college basketball is going on. So, of course, I've been watching that. But like, yeah, for sure. I've been focused a lot on the Premier League. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. I am super excited to get F1 back because that's we are like a week away, less than no, a couple of days away now from official like preseason testing happens, I think, starting in two days. I should probably like dip in on that. Cause I haven't yet you become a McLaren boy with me. And then like I was watching, here's the only thing. Now I know this is different. So forgive me. I was at a, a local establishment earlier this evening and they had like, I guess the uh, Daytona 500 was this weekend. Yeah. It got rained but out. It, yesterday, it got rained out. So, so they had it on yeah. today and I was like, this is boring. <laughs> like I don't, I was sitting there thinking like, I don't know how people watch this. Yeah, I can't. Because then there's accidents, and then like everyone has to go slow. It's like, what are we doing here? I like F1. I'm not an NASCAR. And maybe I'll try that because I mean, NASCAR is just not my thing. It hasn't been my thing ever, and so maybe F1, I'll I'll give it a shot because I know that it isn't. From what I've heard, it is more exciting. It's that, and it's like um, they've done a really good job of creating like drama. Like well, maybe I should watch drama. like the like the reality show. Yeah, first. Drive to Survive. Yeah, maybe I should watch that to kind of get like a feel for like the teams and the personalities. Like, yeah, said. Drive to Survive comes out. Let's see, when does Drive to Survive come out? It comes out like I think this week. And then like that'll get me into like the actual like event. Let's see, Drive to Survive release date. Nothing's better than like Googling. Yeah, Google while you're recording while, a podcast. While this we're is, recording a podcast. This is this great is stuff. perfect medium for this. Yes. Uh February twenty third. So, so four Friday. Days. Friday. Yes. Yeah. So this, this weekend, Drive to Survive drops. Yeah, watch it. See what you think. Yeah, I'll do that. And then I'll it'll give you an idea of like who it is, and then you can understand. But yeah, you, I am a I do a need something fan. because right now I'm like it's like in I, I'm an NFL draft nerd, so it's like it's early NFL draft prep. And but then it's like you have nothing until not college football. Yeah, because F1 starts next weekend, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend is the first race. Okay. Well, that makes sense if they're going to start like the, the reality show like the week ahead. Well, it's so the reality show is last year. Okay. 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 I got it. So, yeah. But still, it give you kind of like a. Yeah, it'll tell you who the teams are, why, you know, what the rivalries are. The introduction to the personalities. Yes. The drivers, all that stuff. Correct. Okay. I'm going to have to check um, it out. So yeah, I mean, and I've tried to get, I mean, I do also like follow Premier League. I don't follow as closely as you, but it's one of those things like when you wake up and you, I'm, I'm, I wake up early and like it's Saturday or Sunday morning and there's like a, there's always like a Premier League game or match. Um, on whether it's USA or Peacock or whatever, yeah, from like six AM until NBC, like yeah. So like I normally because I get alerts from like my team. I'm not gonna say it because I get ridiculed, but like my teams that I follow, I get alerts on my phone. It's like it starts in like in eleven AM. I was like, okay, so yeah, you guys yeah. play a lot of later games. Your prime time, yeah. Win championships is what happens to me. Now, 
there were some sports that the people that listen to this podcast want to hear about. That I mean, people don't listen to this podcast for Premier League and F1. <laughs> Big wins from Big wins. from both of the Baylor basketball teams this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, men's basketball team. Have been doing really well. Had a really big win. Um, and really just keep on, can they keep on rolling? They're keeping their status as, you know, they're top of the league. And um, they had a huge win this past week. And it's it's kind of looking like, like Jaden Nunn has just, when he got in the conference play, was absolutely he was just fired out of a cannon, and I don't know, he's shooting some crazy number behind the arc uh, in conference play. Yeah, and he's really the, kept the team's field goal percentage up, and I think in this game against West Virginia that they won on Saturday, he looked amazing. But the yeah. biggest takeaway that I had from that win, honestly, was it is Jacoby Walter back. Well, I mean, the thing I like about Jacoby Walter, especially in that West Virginia game, is because like he missed some open shots. But he made some like good shots, and and I think the thing about it is you want him to be aggressive. Yeah, you, you want, want him to, to keep that you want com- him to keep com- shooting confidence. Yeah, you know absolutely. he can make stuff. You just want yeah. him to keep doing it. Keep it confidence. Keep shooting because when they they start falling, they're going to start falling in bunches, and then you're gonna you're gonna have a thirty point game from um, from Jacoby. Yeah, it was a the scoreboard. It was a ninety four to eighty one win in Morgantown. I. The 13-point win, the game was not that close um, in all reality. There was one point they were up by 22 points. Um, yeah, and it and- was like, it's it's the thing about Baylor, and this is the the one critique I would have is like, when they get up big like that, it's like they stop playing. Well, that then- game got really muddied up by the referees. It, got it happened really- to Texas Tech, too. They did the same thing. They got up, you know, double digits. Then it's like, okay, we're good. And then, you know, they come back and they start you know, the other team. I th- I honestly, I don't know if that is a symptom of Baylor or if it's a symptom of the conference that we're in because every, uh, all 14 teams that are in this, what is it? 14 this year? Um, 14 teams that are in this league this year with the exception of maybe Cincinnati and central Florida, like every single one of these teams thinks that they can beat you. And like, I'm not saying that well, Cincinnati I mean, and Central Florida are the worst, but they just ha- they don't have that experience, and they're not a Houston or a BYU with the pedigree, right? Well, even like UCF, like they, even the games they've lost, like it's been about an average. They've played of close. That's fair. That's a fair. Like, that's a fair. It's single digits. But so. I think I think that's the thing is when you're in this conference, it doesn't matter if you're down by 22 points. Nobody rolls over and dies in no. this conference. No, at it's, all. My thing was like. I, I feel like it It looks like it from my perspective, like this Baylor team, when they get up like this, they kind of like let off the gas, man. I see. I didn't see any letting off the gas. I saw, I saw the referees slowing the game down, um, calling a ton of fouls. And then also like West Virginia just started making shots. You know, it was like yeah. those desperation threes that for 35 minutes of game time had not been falling down. They're suddenly falling. We're like, and they're taking you could a shot right. that's three feet behind the arc, and it's just they're just nailing it. And it's because they're in that desperation mode where they're throwing any thinking out of the game. And it's just like, well, we're down. We might as well just go for it. And you're skilled enough because you're a Big 12 team to make those shots. And at some point, it's going to happen. There, there definitely is probably some lackadaisical defense that that will well, happen there. And the I don't know if it's career. like how they're being coached. Like, I don't know if it's like, well, we're going to play 
our offense a little differently. Um, or defense for that matter, a little differently because we're up so you know, we're up double digits. So we're gonna change things up. Or if it's a player mentality to like we're up big. So I mean, like I don't know what the answer is. It seems like that's a pattern for the over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, but I'm still not gonna complain about a thirteen point road win in this conference. So no, not, not even against like the worst team in the conference. Right. Um before and that, West Virginia had just beaten who did they, who did they just beat? Um they had uh, just they had just pulled off an upset, if I remember right. Uh, oh no, no, they hadn't. It was oh no, they beat Kansas earlier this year. That's what it they was. They beat Kansas earlier in the year. They've <laughs> they've gone on a run of like losses. Yeah. Prior yeah. to us. But and like let's let's be real here. I mean, they're a team that uh that can score some points. They you know they scored yeah. ninety one on Kansas. So I mean they do have a it's a it is a different team without with a change of head coach. I mean, that's undeniable. Oh, gotcha. Undeniable. Not, different uh, different mentality. Yeah, completely different. And and on the flip side, Baylor had a huge win. I mean, they we're talking about two huge wins this past week when they were they just like blew out Oklahoma, who is a top twenty five who is a top twenty five team. And then, Yeah, that was very much a case of like these two teams like everything that we do well is not what Oklahoma is prepared to stop. Oh, and then it was one of those things like we were talking about Jay Nunn. Like he was like light, like lights out. Like he in the he in those was, two games. And then he I've never like, like I don't know what Porter Moser was doing with Oklahoma, their head coach, but for like at no point in the game did he decide to to figure out how to how to score against no. his own defense. Or stop like none from scoring. Yeah. And cause like this, I mean, today, and this is we're recording this on Monday. I mean, none has like he swept like the newcomer of the year and Big Twelve Player of the Week, or I mean, sorry, newcomer of the week, player of the week, um, because he had he had like forty seven points this past week, so he's like he's playing out of out of this world right now, and I, now, I love to see it because he struggled, kind of struggled coming out the the blocks to start the season, but then when conference play started, he's just been like shooting out of this world. Especially from three point line. Now he's going to be truly tested now, though, because after losing three in a row, we've won five of six in conference, right? And that includes a win against number twelve Iowa State, who's now number six in the country, or six or seven, one of their um, uh, Texas Tech, who's twenty three, who was twenty three when we beat them. I think it's twenty three right now. Number four, Kansas at the time, we did lose that game, but only by three in the fog. And you beat a ranked Oklahoma team. You go on the road and you you beat the crap out of West Virginia. Now you've got on the road to Provo tomorrow night at yeah. 8 p.m. against BYU. And then this weekend, you come home and you you face off which against what is ranked number two in the country, arguably could be number one um, in the Houston Cougars. So, I mean, these next two games are defining games. Baylor is sitting right now at eight and four in conference play. Houston and Iowa State are playing right now as we're recording. They both sit at nine and three. So Baylor's a game back. They've got, like I said, that game against Houston and they've got they're they're only a half game up on Kansas and we have a game against Kansas left. They're two games up on TCU. We have a game against TCU left. They're two games up on Texas Tech. We have a game against Texas Tech left. Um, so you've got, you've got, or sorry, a game up on Texas tech and, uh, and TCU. So 
we are hitting a stretch right now where if Baylor is hitting its stride and is hitting its shots and is playing as well as we saw against Oklahoma and West Virginia and really a mentally tough game, because I don't think they played well in the fog, but they somehow still managed to to make that a one possession game with Jaden Nunn having an opportunity to tie it at the end of the game. Um, a great shot to tie it at the end of the game. You're almost in you you almost control your own destiny. If if Iowa State loses tonight, um, which they're down by seven early in that game already. If Iowa State loses tonight against Houston, then that drops them down to, to nine and four. Baylor at that point controls its own destiny because they can beat Houston and tie with them, and they would have a head-to-head tiebreaker against them. I think they would still share the title, but Baylor has a path to winning the Big 12. And after those those three losses in a row, right, to at Kansas State, at Texas, and TCU, two of which were in overtime, all of which were um, one-point games, two of them one-possession games, and Kansas State was just four points, so it was almost a one-possession game. Um, you were sitting there at, what, three and three in conference thinking, okay, well, I guess this just ain't our year. And now you're at this point where you go snag a win on the road in Provo, and then you find a way to pull off the upset at home against Houston. You're looking you're looking at the rest of the way saying, all right, TCU, Kansas, Texas, Texas Tech, that is a gauntlet of teams to play, but we have something for real to play for, and we can legitimately go earn something special um, before we get to the Big 12 tournament. And like we talked about last week, the other thing that's at play here is that first round buy in the Big 12 tournament. So these games are important for a lot of reasons. You want to at least get that buy in the Big 12 tournament, but you also have yeah. a shot to do something great this year. Absolutely. And talk, talking about the Big 12 tournament, you know, they kind of on Saturday they released. So like if the tournament started today, here's where it would stand type of like uh, infographic. And, you know, Baylor was four at that time before the games were played and then and that's where you want to be you want to be at least top four they're in the top yeah. four and so like as like and you you just talked about it as it stands right now they're they're in like they're tied for or they're in third place there's two teams tied for first but you really want to be you definitely want to be in the top four yeah you need that absolutely first have to be in the top six to get at least one bye yeah and so like Baylor's sitting in a good position especially with what we've just talked about the teams that they have coming up to, they kind of control their own like path when it goes to when it, when you're talking about the, the conference tournament and getting good seating because you get those double buys if you're top four and kind of like you start off at the quarter funds, you know? Right. So it's and, like, and you're not gassed. You're not, you're not gassed. You get all that time off to, you know, recover from the season before you have to play your first tournament game in the, in the conference tournament. And like we talked about right now, like I was saying Houston, they're playing right now. They're tied for first. They're both nine and three in conference. Um, right behind them is Baylor and Kansas TCU and Texas tech. So those are all the teams kind of in that top portion of the uh, vying for those top six slots in the, uh, the big 12. Yeah, really the only team that Baylor has on the schedule that's not fighting for something in that seating, right? BYU is 6-6. Six and six. They're sitting on their own right now in seventh place, but they can still move up, up and down and get into one of those at least single-by spots. Um, but besides them, the only team that Baylor plays the rest of the way that's not 
in that top six is Texas and Texas is yeah. way outside of it at five and seven. Um, yeah. And they're playing right now. They're playing Kansas state right now. So, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. and that, that's, and that's a big another, time like, game for them because they're both sitting at five and seven in conference yeah, right now. They're both, I mean, like Texas, Cincinnati, Kansas state, they're off all at five and seven. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're almost to the point where they, they're fighting for their bubble status at this point of, of the big sure. tournament. Now I think, yeah, I want to say they're all going to probably be in the tournament. All three of them. Likely, teams. likely down to, um, I don't think we'll get 10 in. I think, I think we'll get 10. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking 10. I think eight or nine is more realistic. I think, I think a one of K, I think at least one of Kansas State, Cincinnati, um, and Texas will be left out. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Because UCF, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, they're not going to make it. They, they don't have the overall record. Yeah, one of those Kansas three. State, it's going to be tough because they're sitting here at 15 and 10. If they win a handful of games to close out the year, sure. But sitting at 15 and 10, you kind of need to reach that kind of that magical 18 to 20 win category to yeah. really be considered. I would um, say it's going to be Texas, Cincinnati of those two would be like the 10th team. And I think, yeah, I think that's correct. And, but I think it's definitely the top, the top portion. I mean, you, I think Iowa state through Oklahoma, there's, those are locks, maybe even Texas. I don't think Texas is a lock quite yet. Uh, But yeah, I think, um, I think at this point, Houston through Oklahoma, um, which is the top, what eight teams is, is they're they're getting in, and then you have Texas and Cincinnati are like the nine and tenth team uh, yeah. in the standings right now. So I think one of those probably makes it. So I think I think it's I think I think nine is is a fair bet. I would be amazed at ten. Should be ten. We have what is it like seventeen six or seven teams like in the top twenty five. We do. We have a lot. We have a lot. <laughs> And for there was those, also, we for said there wasn't anything the, going on on Sunday. By the way, there was something pretty big going on on Sunday. No, there was a big thing. You're right. It was the uh, Brittany Griner came back to Waco, and as the women's basketball team took on Texas Tech, and they retired her jersey, her number 42 was lifted up to the rafters, retired. And did you get to watch any of this in any of the pregame when they did that or any of the game at all? I watched most of the game. I was actually working. Um, I was working a shift for the Houston rodeo actually um, while that was going on, but I was able to just see on social media, some of the, a lot of the pictures and a couple the of the clips of, of yeah. things that happened. I still need to sit down and go on Baylor plus and watch like the whole thing. Um, yeah, I haven't done that yet, but it is on my list of things to do this week. I watched a clip when she, I guess Saturday when she got off the the plane, um, here in Waco, and she said, "I'm home," and that was it. Really, did fill my heart with like joy. Is the only thing I can describe it. Um, I then, I loved, I adored, kind of the way that Nikki Collin embraced her and Macaroni. It was like it was like Nikki Collin was her coach. Yeah. And then uh, whenever they, you know, game day, the, the pregame, when they did the whole, like, lifting her jersey or her number, um, to see her embrace, like, Mac Rhodes, who even wasn't here when she was here, but to see, like, the embrace of, like, what Brittany means and meant to 
Baylor women's basketball then and now was special. There's no, I mean, yeah. that's the only way I can say it. There's a, there's a special moment for Baylor. If you've been a Baylor fan, if you're currently a Baylor student, a former Baylor student, whatever it is, you understand the importance of Brittany Griner to that program. Or you should. She was so because cool. She, like, was, she was so cool to watch play basketball. And she was a cool person. Like, we've talked about her yeah, ad nauseum on this we've podcast. Talked, we have our own experiences with her, and we have our own, um, I, I mean, we both have positive um thoughts about Brittany Griner. No doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And then still the all-time leading scorer in still, Big Bill But it's more yeah, more than that, it's like the person she was, but the player she was, she completely was is it was like if like when Shaquille O'Neal played at LSU. It was like she's that she was that dominating in the women's game. Matt it's not even the women's game. She has seven. She had seven hundred and forty-eight career no, blocks, Matt. That, no, you're absolutely correct. She is the no most man prolific, has that many blocks. She is the most prolific shot blocker in college basketball. Full stop. History. Period. Yeah. There's no. There's, that's it. She and just watching some of her clips, you can see like she was a dominating force inside. To where you had to completely change what you're going to do because you can't go and try to against her because there is no doubt she's going to defend that shot and is going to block your shot. You have to change your whole game plan offensively, how you're going to attack Baylor because they have Brittany Griner and she is a dominating force. And it was just. We t- we take it for I think we take it for granted, really. How, how big of an impact she made, just on like, Baylor. Oh, she was she was so awesome. It was it it's special when you have, you know, a player like her, and you get to like I was a student while she played. You know, like it's yeah, it's it's. It's extraordinary when you get to be there that and, and be a yeah. part of that, right? Like, thing, I was a student while Robert Griffin it's, was a it's student. Equitable. I was a student while Brittany Griner was there. It, it was, was so cool. I was I was just about to say it's equitable to like she is the she is equitable to like Robert Griffin as far as like oh yeah this person absolutely changed the game. The first team ever to go forty and zero in a college basketball season, women or men. Yeah, nobody else had ever gone forty and zero before. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's if you haven't, go back and just watch highlights of Brittany Griner at Baylor. And then she was, what was she like, the, she was top, what, two pick in the WBA draft? I think she was number one overall. No, yeah, I mean, she was one or two. I can't remember right off, off the top of my head which one. But yeah, she was the, like, that's what I'm saying. It's equitable to, like, RG3. And we talk about, I mean, RG3 has a, a damn statue in front of McLean stadium. I mean, so I, I was when Caitlin Clark, right. Just recently, um, set the record for, for points scored. Right. Um, yeah. And, and she just broke that record at Iowa. Caitlin Clark tr- transcendent player. Yeah. Right. Shooter. Like she, I mean, she legit is like Steph Curry of like, yeah. And no, I she, mean, she's got forget handles. It. She's, she, Steph Curry. she's a great, amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I got curious and I was talking to some friends about this a couple of weeks ago, because I just got curious of 
Because you just mentioned, like Caitlin Clark is a shooter, right? That's what she's known for. Yeah. Um. I don't want to. I don't want to like. Um, she pulls it from the logo, and she's in. She's going to jack a three. Right. And I don't want to like diminish. Like I don't. We don't mean that in a diminishing way. It's she just has an no, amazing that, skill to. That's her skill set. Basket from anywhere. That's her skill set. So she's a shooter. I got curious because she she passed Griner recently on mm-hmm. on the scoring list. Griner is was fourth all time. She is now fifth all time on the on the scoring list because Caitlin Clark Plaster is now number one overall, passing yeah. uh, Kelsey Plum, who was at Washington. Yeah. And um, so I got curious and I was like, I wonder, I wonder what the three point differentiation is there, right? Like, <laughs> so Caitlin Clark, she will end up with five hundred. But she's at 487 as of right now. Okay. 487 made three pointers. That's a lot of points from three pointers. Yeah. yeah. I want you to guess how many three pointers in her career Brittany Griner made. She was in Baylor for how long? Four, four years. years three, three and years, she's the years? number five all time scorer in women's basketball. I'm so five. Only four people have ever scored more points than her. I'm going to say five five three-pointers. You say five. I'm going to tell you right now, the four in front of her, Caitlin Clark's at 487 threes. Kelsey Plum from Washington's at 343 three-pointers. Kelsey Mitchell from Iowa State's third all-time, 497 three-pointers. Jackie Stiles from Missouri State, she she played from 97 to 2001, so it was a different basketball game back then, but still 221 three-pointers in her career. And then just below Brittany Griner, sixth all-time, um, is Daisha Fair from Buffalo and Syracuse. She's still currently playing 2019 to present. She's, she's you know, who knows? She 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 may pass Brittany Griner up into fifth um, and even move up and maybe chase down Caitlin Clark because she has a, another year to play. She's already made 411 three-pointers in her career, okay? So you, you're talking about most of these people have Roughly 350, if not 450 plus three pointers. Well, I mean, made. At least Brit- 300, at least 300. Yeah, at least 300, with the exception of one who's at 221. Yeah. Brittany Griner, fifth all time scoring in her career of four years at Baylor, made two three pointers. She scored all so those points dominant with two inside. three pointers. So dominant inside. It was ridiculous. Just. You know score? I mean, you you illustrated it perfectly, but you know how much prolific inside scoring is. It, you didn't sh- you shot two th- you or I should say you made two three pointers. I don't know how many you shot, but you made two three pointers in your career, and still you're number four all time scoring. It's ridiculous. You know what else is ridiculous? None of those people that I just named, not a single one, is in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Now, a lot of them are pretty recent players, but like, yeah, Jackie Styles played 97 to 2001. She's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, She's in the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, but not the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. In fact, I'm looking through here out of the top 25 scores of all time in women's college basketball. How many do you think are in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame? Like the Basketball Hall of Fame. Who? One, Cheryl yeah. Miller. Yeah. Jamaica Holdsclaw isn't even in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. I don't know how you can't put, like, how is Diana Taurasi not in the Basketball Hall of Fame? She has three she top 25 score. Maya Moore is not in the Hall of Fame. Well, I guess I mean, she, she, she's still playing, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, but 
Just yeah, and I guess the, Diana Taurasi is, is they might be waiting for them to like retire. Yeah, but there's just a, based on their collegiate game, they deserve to be in it. Yeah. I mean, Diana Taurasi has she's Man, you might not believe this, but yeah, uh Diana Taurasi is not a top twenty five scorer all time in women's in women's college basketball. For my money, she's one of the best college basketball players of all time. As a champion. I mean, she's a three-time champion. Now, granted, yeah. those teams were loaded, but still, she she led those teams. And the fact, I mean, there's multiple Baylor players that should be, I mean, we have multiple championships that should be in the um, Basketball Hall of Fame, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. No doubt. Namely, the the woman we're talking about, Brittany Griner. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, when Brit when BG is done, she better be in the Hall of Fame. That's she better be. Say. She better absolutely. Be. I mean, she's won. I'm pretty sure she won probably state championships in high school. Oh yeah, at uh, and um, she went to Nimitz, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's and- from Houston, right? Yes, she is yeah. a Houston girl. Um, and she comes from like a basketball factory school. Um, so you're talking and, about she probably had state championships, college basketball, national championships, and she's won NBA or WNBA championships. And she also, yes, yeah, she did go to Nimitz. That is correct. Um, she, uh, let's see, did she win? Um, No, she did not win, or at least in her senior year, she lost in the state championship game. Um, but uh, she also won an Olympic gold medal. Oh, yeah, an Olympic gold medalist. So, yeah. I mean, it would be a tragedy. I think she has a FIBA world medal. Let's see. Her career, let's see, she's a WNBA champion, a nine-time WNBA all-star, two-time WNBA scoring champion, eight-time WNBA blocks leader, two-time WNBA peak performer, Three-time WNBA offers team, three-time WNBA second team, two-time WNBA defensive player of the year, three-time WNBA all-defensive first team, four-time all-defensive second team, uh, WNBA all-rookie team, WNBA 25th anniversary team, three-time Russian National League champion, four-time Euro League champion, Russian Cup winner, NCAA champion, NCAA Final Four Most Outstanding Player, AP Player of the Year, the Honda Sports Award, two-time Wade Trophy Player of the Year, two-time first-team All-American, second-team All-American, three-time Big 12 Player of the Year, four-time Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, a McDonald's All-American, and the WBCA High School Player of the Year. Sounds like a Hall of Famer. Yeah. She has two Olympic gold medals and two World Cups as well. Yeah. I think we've made our case. Yeah, that is a um, that is a uh, a a pretty if full that trophy, was a it's an, a bit act in that. I'm trophy. gonna I'm gonna say this: if this was if we're talking about a male player, it would be no question. Yeah, and in fact, no. if we were talking about a male player, his number would have been retired long time ago, and that's just the facts. If Baylor had a basketball player who was a male who had that prolific of a career after Baylor, forget about what they did at Baylor. It would be absolutely hands down. They would have long time ago, number would have been retired. She uh she dunked 
Yeah. She dunked 52 times in 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 her senior year in high school. I mean, she, she I mean before she ever got to Baylor. So when yeah. she was in high school, uh Houston declared May 7th, 2009 Britney Griner Day. Yeah, the, the city of Houston. <laughs> like the what like fourth largest city in the nation. She blocked 223 shots as a freshman. I mean, in high school or in uh in in college. Her first year at Baylor, she blocked 223 shots. She used to get I remember this from when, when she played for us. She used to get triple doubles with blocks. Ah. <laughs> oh. And she has a mean right hook. I mean, so like what do you what do you say? What are you gonna say? I mean there should be, I mean, really, in all seriousness. There probably should be a statue of Brittany Griner somewhere on your campus. Yeah. At the very least, it is a very, very awesome retired number. It's not just like a they they gave her a banner. Yes. And deservedly. Yeah. Like it's a it was a banner that, yeah. that they got her. And uh, I not lost in all this is the fact that the women's team also played a game that day. Yes. And kicked Completely the crap out of Texas Tech. Destroyed Texas Tech. Like that game was over in the first quarter. <laughs> they held it was like 32 points. It was 72 seven, American basketball points. I'm pretty sure the first quarter was 17 to 2. Yeah, it was a very vintage, vintage Baylor game. It was 17 to 4. Okay. They, Texas Tech did not score in the double digits for the first, second, or third quarters. They scored four they, nine. They barely, five. they barely made it to double digits at halftime. Because I was watching yeah. that game, I was like, "Yeah, it I'm, was." I was like, "Hold them to 13. I was like, "Hold them under ten, but they didn't. But still, it was close. <laughs> but yeah, it was like it wasn't even close. They completely dominated that game. And like I said, it was over in the first quarter. Once you're up, and they didn't even play four, well offensively. They turned the ball no, over 19 times. They shot they under 25. percent They didn't from shoot three. well from three. I mean, it wasn't like what you would think watching this Baylor team score that many points. You would think, oh, they're just jacking threes and just like knocking them down. No, they weren't. Yeah, they missed then, a lot of three pointers. It's just Texas Tech was they weren't hitting shots either. Yeah, well, and and they were they were facing off. Brittany Griner was in the house. That's what was happening. It was a defensive extravaganza. Yeah, it was not not great basketball, honestly, on Texas Tech side. Just watched it. I mean, they had a ton of turnovers. Yeah, they had 29 turnovers. Uh, the other thing was we had 42 rebounds to their 26. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was a little rough on Texas Tech side. Yeah, a little bit rough. Um, but a much-needed win for the women. Much-needed win. Yeah, because they're basically out of that top four that we talked about. They're fighting yeah. for that fifth spot. They're in a three-way tie right now for the fifth and sixth spots. So there are Baylor, Kansas, Iowa State are all battling it out. They're all sitting at eight and six. It, it the conference falls off a cliff after that. Everybody, the next highest team is five and nine. You've got four teams that are twelve and two or eleven and three up at the very top. So they've kind of solidified that top four. So Baylor, as you mentioned, like you're fighting for one of those top six spots for the Big 12 tournament. Um, you've got Kansas uh, on the schedule. So that's a huge game. You're playing them next at home. You win, You need really, really need to win that Kansas game to create some separation. Um, and if you do that, then you control your own destiny of getting into uh, 
um, the top six. You do have a tough road game against West Virginia, who's ranked number 22, which you already have beaten them at home. Then you got um, what Cincinnati and West or sorry, Cincinnati and Oklahoma State uh, to close out the season. Oklahoma State sitting at five and nine, Cincinnati sitting at four and ten. So those are games that you should win. So if you can grab this Kansas game and and snag a win in Morgantown, you can really differentiate yourself and put your make sure you're kind of maintaining that fifth place spot um, and put yourself in a good position to compete in the Big Twelve tournament. Uh, that's that's really what the game should be right now for them. Absolutely. But Matt, I'm going to use the same segue I always do. Brittany Griner, she used to be known for a major thing on the court, and that was how hard she hustled. What? That reminds me, Joe. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City. Our thoughts with Kansas City. It specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best dressed fan this season. So be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. With over 30 schools to choose from, they've got you covered with all your collegiate apparel needs. So just go to www.charliehustle.com. And remember, Charlie Hustle is vintage made fresh. And when you do go to their website, make sure you use the promo code 101215, which is good for 15% off all non-sell items. That's T-E-N-1215 for that extra 15% off those non-sell items. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. They've been having some good sales. I know it's President's Day. They've been having some great sales this weekend. It's probably too late for people listening to this to take advantage of that, but thought I'd mention it. <laughs> did you have work off today for President's Day? I did not. Uh, me neither. I had a – so I work in the financial industry, and they used – because uh, we get an extra holiday because of Juneteenth as a federal holiday now, they use President's Day as like a training day. So the – the organization was closed, but that's what had, schools do now. Yeah. We had to do like training. So I yeah, like, technically worked, but I got off early. My wife's kids were not at school today, but she had to be there for like a professional development day. And like my son's daycare was closed, but it was cause it was like a teacher training day. Yeah. So, so yeah. Same I thing. was not off work. I had uh, to work. I didn't have to work a full day. So I did get off early, and they did bring in lunch and all that jazz, but I did have to go in. I had to wake up early. So, yeah. All right, Matt. Um, We did see something cool. Well, I think, I'm think i pretty sure it's new for this year. Uh, I don't remember seeing it last year. But uh, we got to see the... NCAA selection committee, similar to what the college football playoff does. Yeah, I think they uh, did this last a, year. 
they did, did they do it last year? year? Okay, I, I believe released so. a mid-season, the top, top 16. sixteen. Yeah. Uh, did you check this out? I did check it. Oh, I I checked out um where Baylor was at. I didn't look at the full the full list. So the, the committee has us essentially as or had us. This came out I think on Saturday. Um, yeah, Saturday I'm, at I'm noon is when I, I want to say drop. Okay, so I got it pulled up. As of Saturday at noon, they had us as the number ten team in the country. We yeah, were the no. we were the second highest three seed. Yes, yeah, so correct. So we're the yeah the ten tenth team in the country. Um, so just to go through the list, you had the the top four. You had Purdue, UConn, Houston, and Arizona, all number ones. And then following them, you With had Purdue North- being the number one overall at that time, yes, which would yes. now change because Purdue lost to Ohio State. Purdue lost to Ohio State, yes. Following them, we were, there was North Carolina, Tennessee, Marquette, Kansas as the twos. And then Alabama, Baylor, Iowa State, and Duke threes. And then Auburn, San Diego State, Illinois, and Wisconsin as the four seeds. Which, I mean, from a Baylor perspective, I thought it was it was, it was a fair assessment. Number ten. Yeah, I would say it's more than fair. Yeah, you know, number considering ten. Considering some three of the seed. games that this team has dropped this year, yeah. especially to like how bad we lost to Michigan State, for example, who is not a ranked team and is going to make the tournament, but it isn't going to be a high seed. Um, yeah, and you know, a, a pretty rough Duke loss, losses to a team like Kansas State, who is not great this year. Um, TCU, TCU, who's who's good, but they're not again, and they're not somebody that you 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 expect a top ten team to lose to. Same thing with losing to Texas. Really, those first three losses that we had. Um, so I, I think this is this is more than equitable for the the resume that Baylor has this year. Yeah, and if you compare it just to the AP top twenty five that came out today, I mean Baylor's like eleven, and they have us as the ten seed. Overall, so I mean, like I said, like that's that's about where Baylor should be ranked. Yeah, yeah. I had I had no complaints about it. I even if, if they had had us at a four seed, I wouldn't have freaked out either. You know, I want a three or a two, but if we got a four, I'd say okay, I, I'll buy it. I'd buy that. Is there anybody that was in the list that you were kind of surprised at? Because there was, I, I personally, I was surprised at Kansas still being a two. Um, I just, I, they just don't think Kansas is a two. Kansas being a two was surprising. I wasn't surprised with any of the ones. Um, yeah, the ones I think are pretty set. It's gonna, and I think they're gonna stay even, that way. Even Iowa something... State. I mean, I being a three, I think that's fair. Considering that yeah, the we, beat them. Uh, we beat them, good. but but they're good. They're they're in the top right now. Uh, before this game that they're playing right now, they're you know they're tied for number one in the conference. I mean that's that. The, I think yeah, they're fair a to have them year. be a three seed. I think that's fair. Yeah, they're having a great year. I don't think I don't think Iowa State has anyone with enough it factor to win it no. all. But I could see this. I could see Iowa State absolutely just because they are. They're annoying as hell, right? They're they, you don't want to yeah. play them. And yeah. I could I could really see Iowa State making a run this year in the tournament to the Elite Eight, or even in a you know like if they if the cards fall right for them matchup wise, 
even into a final four. I think yeah. if they ran into a team like a Yukon or an Arizona or a Houston, like they're playing right now, um, yeah. I, I don't think they can get past those elite level teams just because I don't think they have a guy that, can, you know, they, they can just say, Hey, turn it on and take over a game. Like, Jacoby Walter for us, if he is on, he can beat anybody well, in the country. Well, yeah, but Jaden Nunn. Jaden Nunn. I mean, Reggie, even Reggie Dennis, like Eve Messi, any of those guys, if they can turn it on, they can turn it on. Yeah, there's some it factor. It dominated game. Yeah, they all. But the other side of that is, I don't think Iowa State has the capability of getting upset like I could see Baylor being upset. Correct. As like, we've seen, Baylor I think get upset. We've seen exactly. I, and I could see, you know, this is a Baylor team that if you're not on, anybody can beat you. I mean, Whereas Iowa State has such like kind of an even keel, tough, annoying team to play against. They're, I I don't have any doubt that Iowa State's making it to the Sweet 16. The, yeah. But I could very much see plenty of scenarios where if you said, hey, sorry, Baylor's going to get upset in the first or second round, I'd be like, yeah. I believe you. That makes sense. I, I you know, it, we shouldn't, but I believe you're you. You're absolutely right. If if we're not on, you can lose by double digits, right? If Baylor's not on, so that's the difference it. between those two. Kansas, I just Kansas is a team that I'm like, there's no way they're going to lose in the first round. But I just again, don't think if you they're... told me they don't make it to the Sweet 16, I'd be like, okay, I'll buy it. Now, I mean, when we played them a couple, was it last week or whenever it was? Um, they were down a couple players. We had a bunch of turnovers. They won by three. Um, I wouldn't was, be surprised. It was in their house. It was in their house. I wouldn't be surprised if we beat them this next week when we play them or whenever it is. Correct. Yeah. And, and when we play in, them in at Wake Foster, up. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised with you. Yeah. I mean, I don't see them as, I would more see them as a three C than a four. I mean, than the two. I'm sorry. But I mean, a lot of that is just like, it's Kansas. Yeah. I think they, a lot well, of that. And the, the thing is, they, they don't, they're not. They're not as scary as you feel like Kansas is supposed to no. be. This year. And, they're, and they're not, but they don't really beat themselves either. I mean, they did get blown out by Texas Tech like last Got week. Got blown out. Like they lost by 30. And this is before this list came out. They lost by 30 and we're, still were two seed. So. Yeah. The name does carry weight. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, um, Marquette was also sitting on that two line and they got absolutely exposed by UConn. Um, yeah, I think and yesterday. I think Auburn's probably right now they're probably the best team in the SEC, and but Alabama's above them in this top sixteen. Um, I don't know much about San Diego State or Illinois or Wisconsin, so I really can't speak to the the bottom four or the, the what would be the four seeds. Illinois and Wisconsin, they're they're pretty good Big Ten teams, which means they're not making a Sweet Sixteen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think same thing with Purdue. Are they the highest ranked Big? 10 teams. Yeah. Like I think if if I'm if I'm being honest with you right now, I think um like I think Yukon, Houston, North Carolina are are the teams that I'm like, okay, those three are the ones that I'm truly, truly afraid of. Or Yukon, I mean, Houston, North Carolina. North Carolina is a two right now. Arizona so. plays in the Pac twelve, and I don't know how strong they are as a conference. I just don't trust Arizona. I just I don't know why. I Arizona's a good team, but I don't know if they're like elite. Same thing with Tennessee. Tennessee's a two seed. I don't trust Tennessee. I don't trust any of the two seeds, to be honest with you. 
I trust North Carolina. I think North Carolina well, is I mean, legitimate. Okay, North Carolina, but like Marquette, Kansas, Alabama. Yeah. Or you mean Alabama is a three, but like yeah, yeah. and so. yeah. So I mean, it's it, I like that they do this because it kind of gives you a snapshot of like here's where we're at right now, as far as the top sixteen. And then when you're a team like Baylor, when you're in that echelon of like we're the top one of the top, we know you're going to be one of the top sixteen teams in the nation. And over the past five years, we've been one of the top sixteen teams in the nation. Um, it's a good snapshot to see where you're at as far as where the committee's thinking you're at to kind of position yourself going into the tournament, you know? Man, I just I just pulled up the game cast on this Houston Iowa State game and it is yeah. a snoozer. Yeah, I have my uh YouTube TV like uh multi view. So I got like the Texas Kansas State game and they have the Iowa State Houston game. And then two yeah, other the, games the top um the top highlight on ESPN right now for the Iowa State Houston game is twenty eight to twenty three, with almost at halftime. That shows you how exciting this game is. Um, it's, it's on pace to be a, a basically like a fifty to forty five finish here. Yeah, um, I would. Um, the top no, highlight on ESPN Matt is uh, the fact that CJ Stroud and Tank Dell are sitting courtside. Well, that that is a top highlight, honestly. <laughs> If I was going to pick this game going into this game, I would have probably gone with Houston. I don't know who I would have picked to like score the most points. But, Joe, if our listeners want to make picks, where could they go? Well, Matt, it's interesting that you ask. So I'll tell you, you could head on over to one of our regular 10, 12 partners prize picks. That's right, Prize Picks, the best legal way to play daily fantasy on player props all around the country in a ton of different states. It's just like Texas. And Prize Picks, if you're wondering what it is, it's just daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is select two to five players and an over-under on a projected stat line, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's fast, easy. Entries can be made in as little as 60 seconds, and they offer tons of different sports you can imagine. College basketball is in full swing. We're about to be hitting March Madness. Uh, Major League Baseball is just around the corner. We've got EPL. I just talked about like F1. I'm sure they've got some stuff on there because they've got tons of sports. Um, check them out. They've got almost anything that you can imagine there. If you use promo code BEAR12, you can get an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100. That's right. Promo code BEAR12, B-E-A-R-1-2, and you can instantly get a full $100 match on your first deposit. Prize Picks is available online and in the App Store or on Google Play. So go check them out. Make a couple of picks and uh, maybe win yourself a little bit of money. Absolutely. Unlike Matt, I do did. you know what's not going to be making any money? What? Uh, Madam Web. All right. We're switching gears down to our uh, pop yeah. culture section. <laughs> A hard, hard downshift. Uh, yeah, so I have seen the reviews, uh, either whether it's been on like YouTube reviewers or print media, digital media, whatever the case may be, and for people I trust. And uh, not not good, Joe. They haven't been good. Like yeah, I sent you an article across the board. They haven't been good. Yeah, I sent you an article last week 
Yes. That it was a breakdown of all the, the reviews because the, the review embargo had been lifted on the movie. And my, my, which is a wild favorite, thing to do for Sony. I mean, yeah. My absolute <laughs> favorite was from Rolling Stone. They called it a Chernobyl level disaster. Dude, I saw some. It was, I think it was a TikTok reviewer. Uh, it was, it was a, a lady who does like movie reviews. Like she's in this whole, like, like she's, legit like she gets goes to premieres and she was like this may be the worst movie i've ever seen like ever made this may be the worst movie ever made and i was like this is a wild and then as i was looking through reviews i was like that's kind of the consensus is like this is the worst movie we've ever seen and sony what are you doing why are we doing this? You you made was it Mobius or what Morbius, whatever it's called? Morbius. That was a horrible movie. Then you follow that up with another Spider-Man franchise movie that's also horrible. What are we doing here? Just just give the rights back to Marvel. I mean, they may not make like they may not bad a you know a thousand, but they make better movies than you make. Unless it's like uh, animated Spider Verse, yeah. Unless it's animated into the Spider Verse. Other than that, they're doing a better job than what you're doing because you are like over to the, your most recent movies that are live. The funniest action. thing about this whole situation, my it, it, her name's uh, Dakota Johnson, right? The 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 star, yeah. Um, who's I think is a good actress. I mean, I like her in other stuff. You a big Fifty Shades of Grey fan? Well, I mean, no. I never, I haven't seen a but, single frame of those films. But what's what's been really funny about this is the press touring that she's doing is like she's like I didn't I wasn't friends with anybody. The writers all sucked. I'm never gonna watch this movie. I have no desire. Like, she is doing everything she can hey, to distance herself from sometimes, this pile of garbage that this movie apparently is. Sometimes you just need a paycheck. Yeah, you got bills to pay. Well, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, like superheroes are the hot thing. Like, sure, I'll go be a superhero. And then in, I think I think one of the interviews I saw with her, she said, like, the script that I that we filmed was Is, not the script yeah. that I the, signed on to do. Yeah, I saw that one where it's like, uh, yeah, so that's a problem. But then I saw I was watching a video today and the guy was like, you know, people should do a little research. So like the writers of the film were the same people that wrote. Uh, Morbius, which red flag, and then they wrote the a Dracula film, which is also horrible. And so, like, they have a history of writing bad movies. What are we doing, Sony? What are we doing? <laughs> What's the Dracula? Hold on, they did a Dracula film I need like to look in 2015, up. maybe is like Madam Web writers, yeah. Okay, let's see. Yeah, so one of the writers is deceased. Oh, they did the Dracula Untold. Yeah. That's the one they did. So yeah, that garbage Claire, movie. I think one of the writers, uh, Claire Parker maybe, is uh, no longer living. Um, So maybe she did like the first pass at it or whatever, but she got like a credit. But uh, yeah, they are uh, not good as far as making good, you know, acclaimed in films 
as far as my the God. now this is a list so the one of the guys yeah. his name is burke burke sharpless right yeah. i just googled him the the top movies that he is associated with are besides madam webb are lost in space morbius dracula untold gods of egypt and the last witch hunter <laughs> which are all just like very yeah. crappy not even b-level like but the other writer bust films matt sazama who i guess this is his writer and partner he's wrote with him all those films madam Webb. oh but morbius. also he he also did the power rangers movie from 2017 another absolute bomb <laughs> and yeah so i want to look at his full like credits Pulling up his IMDb in real yeah, time. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm yeah. looking at it. So I'm doing like the same. Morbius, Gods of Egypt, Last Witch Hunter, Dracula Untold. That's it. His highest rated film on IMDb is Power Rangers. <laughs> at five point yeah. nine rating. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what Sony's doing. Because at least I have no idea. At least with Marvel, and apparently it's not even one of those movies that's like so bad it's fun. It's just apparently like just just bad. What's bad on like multiple levels because like you could that we've both gone to movies and you're like I didn't like the decisions the characters made it kind of took me out of the movie but you could but the either action sequences like the Last Jedi is a great example other, I did not other like parts the Last of the Jedi. movie you think like it you know you liked yeah like I didn't like the Last Jedi at all but. I'm, yeah, and we're on opposite sides. Like I, I liked the Last Jedi. It was a little long for me. I think you could have cut some parts out, but over the most part, I thought it was a good film. But yeah, I'm on the I'm I'm in the group of like I really did not like the Last Jedi. Just flat out didn't like it. Didn't like the writing. Yeah, but I still thought like, oh, this is a well made movie. There are things that I look back and I'm like, oh, I liked that about this movie. And apparently, yeah. this is one of those that you just yeah. You're, you you can't even make it through, and I get that. Which... There's some parts of the Last Jedi, um, like like I said again, like I overall I like it as a film, because um, there's some you parts here, of folks, it. Matt likes slow speed space chases. Um... No, like I said, <laughs> but... there are parts of it like you probably could have cut out the whole like whatever Finn was doing. Yeah, you know, whatever the, was... the ice crystal foxes though, peak cinema. Those were awesome. Um, but the scene wherever they with Snoke in that that room, I mean that's that's a dope scene. That is a dope scene. Um, if they had actually like established anything with Snoke before that, anyway, True. anyway, True. it brought up it brought up. Uh, that is a really cool fight scene. I'm not gonna lie. In in unless you actually watch the the slow motions that people have done on YouTube, where you see that all the enemies are just standing around dancing around them, <laughs> waiting their it's, turn to get what killed. What are we doing here? It's Star Wars. Come on. <laughs> is this true? But it brought up a question that you and I were talking about this week, which is, what is the worst movie that you have ever seen in theaters? And have you ever walked out of a movie? I walked out of one movie, and this is—I'm gonna. This is gonna really. And it's, I mean, because it's bad, not because you got like an emergency phone. Like you're, not, your yeah, like, being I left the movie because I I wasn't having any fun, and now this is gonna paint me in it because this is a cult classic. Okay. So I walked out of Dumb and Dumber. Really? Yes. Now, granted, I was 16 years old, and I brought my little sister. Okay. And her friends to see this movie. 
And granted, if I'm 16, I mean, I brought my 14-year-old sister, her 14-year-old friends. They were having a miserable time, so we left. I have only walked out of one movie, and it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just I shouldn't have gone to this movie at the age that I was um, because I was 14. And it was a movie that was something that I remembered fondly as a child, so we went to see it. But I had outgrown it by this point, and that was the VeggieTales movie. So we walked we walked so, out of the VeggieTales movie because after like 30 minutes, we were like, this is just not for us. <laughs> now, the worst movie I've probably gone to as an adult. I vividly remember the worst movie I've ever seen in person. Was I mean, now maybe this is recency bias. It's probably The Rise of Skywalker. Because that movie really? is fucking horrible. You hate that movie. I, don't I hate care. that movie. There, it's a horrible, it's not a good movie. Oh no, it's not. But it's not as bad as the Last Jedi to me. I think it's it's. They're worse both than terrible. Last Jedi. I think the, they're both it's, terrible. It's worse than the Last Jedi. They're both terrible. Like, I love how you and I love Star Wars so much, and more than half of the movies we just legitimately don't like are Star Wars. <laughs> now, and part of that is like I, I'm very um, particular about the movies I go to the theater to see, especially as an adult and after you had children, you don't get a lot of opportunity to go to yeah when i was 23 i went to see everything yeah so like more of this is like i'm very specific in the films that i'm going to go to the theater to see and they've mostly been good movies i've I've not like just gone to everything that comes out um so and and that's like as a star wars fan of course i'm gonna go to every star wars movie and so that was the worst movie in recent history that I've seen that I've gone to theater and was like sat there and you're like, this movie fucking sucks. I can't believe okay. I'm doing this. So <laughs> there are two on my list that I'm like, I I wish I could go get my damn money back. And I, I think there's a number two. I don't think it's as bad as the worst, but the second worst to me is the Eternals or Marvel's Eternals. Oh, um, well, I just waited. I watched it on Disney Plus. That movie is. It's not that bad. It's that. It's bad. not that bad. I will. I, I still don't think it's that bad. I it's, it's better than Rise of Skywalker. No, it's not. It's it doesn't not that have, bad of a movie. It doesn't have lightsabers. It doesn't make any sense. It it it's not breaks that bad. canon within Marvel. And again. It's, Maybe it's because I watched it at home on Disney Plus and didn't like go to the theater and yeah, you were probably like fucking around on your phone while you were and absolutely, and I'm not paying 100 percent attention to the movie. Yeah, it's so boring that you were probably just scrolling and through I'm Twitter, like making dinner and like drinking yeah. beer. It's I, like, I I was forced in my seat in a dark room and paid money, um, but it's still not the worst thing I've ever seen in person. That okay. I think will never be topped by what is. Just so bad. And it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. And it's After the, Earth. Okay, I've never seen that movie. After Earth with Will and Jaden Smith is the worst acted, worst written, worst CGI. Everything about it is a dirty diaper wrapped inside of, like, you know, another dirty diaper thrown into a burning freaking dumpster so- fire. Like, I haven't seen After Earth, but probably one of the worst movies I've seen is 
and also an M. Not Shyamalan movie. And I watched this at home, and it was called The Happening with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah, the, the plants are killing us. No. I mean, yes, the plants, but... Yeah, the plants are killing us. Through the fucking wind. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for The Happening, which probably came out in, like, 2015. Um, Yeah, I was, I was watching this because I was, you know, early in that Shyamalan, you're like, okay, I'm in on this. I'm in on what he's doing. Do, like... Six cents, even I mean, I love signs. I think that's a that's signs was solid. Signs the village is, solid. is where he kind of like started falling off because like the, the village, village was like, oh god. I didn't see Lady in was it Lady in the Water or something. Lady like that. in the Water. I didn't watch those, but and I watched happening, like I said, at home. Um, signs is signs is still good. Signs, signs is solid because it it's like sci-fi fantasy, but also you have this like religious undertone, which is interesting to me. But the religious undertone doesn't matter. Like that's kind of, I guess, his twist in that movie. But it's yeah. like, um, like the sixth sense is not rewatchable as as much because you know what the what the thing <laughs> oh, is. No, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I think science watch, doesn't have the thing. No, but if you know it and you're watching it with someone who doesn't know it, it, it it's a good like thing. To be like, yeah, oh. and then you can start, and you can start like trying to figure out, like you you notice things in in your rewatches that you don't notice in the first, but you can yeah, rewatch everything signs alone. Yeah, signs is a, yeah, and I've I have seen signs multiple times, and it's still enjoyable, even if I know what the little twist is. And I would say Six Sense is enjoyable too, even though I, I've seen it, I've seen it multiple times also, not as much as Signs though. I do remember the first time I saw Sixth Sense, though, and being like, holy shit. I saw it in a theater, and I was like, yeah. So Un- uh, Unbreakable's good. Unbreakable's good. Uh, un- that one's rewatchable as hell. all of the ones he does that are in that, like, Unbreakable universe, I guess. So, like, Glass. What's the other one about with... Um... Oh, what's the name of it? The Beast or whatever. Yeah, yeah, with um, what's his name? God, what's that actor's name? Split. James McAvoy. It's James McAvoy. Yeah, James McAvoy. Those are good. I think I like those too. Split, yeah, you're right. So those are good too. But But yeah, yeah, After Earth. After After Earth. Earth. I'm going to tell you to go watch it just so you can see how bad it is. But it's, it's another one of those movies where it's like, it's not even like good, bad. Yeah. Like it is, it is a nepotism movie to its core. Because like, of, of Jaden Smith. Yeah. Um, Jaden Smith cannot act uh, in this movie. And it's when he was, it's one of like the like first lit- movies that he was in where he was like the lead. And it was very much like clearly like, hey, I need to get my kid, like my, it's my kid's turn to do this. And I don't know how good of an actor Jaden Smith would be today, but then he was just so bad. And then Will Smith, the whole point of his character, Matt. Okay. I want you to imagine the the filmography, if you will, of Will Smith and what he is historically known for and what made him popular. And I think one of the first words that would probably come to your mind is energy or charisma. He is funny. He has a way of delivering things and bringing a fun mood to the movies that he's in, even in like some of the more depressing things that he's been in. Um, he still has like this this. Uh, aura about him that is very agreeable and the character that he plays in after earth is a man that does not exude emotion like that is the core tenet 
of his character. <laughs> it's so bad in every way. So let me ask you this. Have you ever been to a film where you were younger and you felt like they should have not allowed me to buy a ticket to this film? I am way too young to be in this movie. Well, um, I was like super churchy growing mm-hmm. up. And so, like, I wasn't the kind of kid that would have tried to go see an R-rated movie. Um, so I'm trying to think. There were plenty of times where I, like, snuck DVDs. No, I'm talking about uh, in the theater. Yeah, in the theater. Because I got one. Give me yours. So on my third, my mom used to do this thing on my own. When I got to be a teenager, it's like, you can go to a movie and go out to eat with your friend for your birthday. That's kind of what you're going to do for your birthday. So I said I wanted to go see my 13th birthday, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was rated R. With uh, Keanu Reeves? With Keanu Reeves. And Winona Ryder and what, Gary yeah. Oldman? Yes. All right. And there's a ample amount of nudity in this film. Yeah. And I remember seeing the film, I was like, it's like, and like my mom bought the tickets. She didn't go with us, with me and my buddy. We were in there and I was like, you know what? I'm enjoying this very much so. There's a lot of nudity. I'm a 13 year old boy, but then I was also thinking like I should not be watching the movie. <laughs> I think there's no was, way uh, I should be allowed to be sitting here alone in a theater watching this film. Mine was when I had a uh, I had a buddy spend the night on a weekend, and again, like my parents were very strict, and like were especially until I got to be about 16, were like very. My mom, especially like helicoptery with what media I consumed, but it was, they did not have the same rules for themselves yeah. and would, would rent things. And then often what I would do, you know, they would go to Blockbuster, they'd rent a movie and then they would go to bed and then I would go grab the movie that they rented and I would watch it while they were asleep. And um, there was one night I had a buddy spending the night and they had, and it had just come out on DVD. And it was American Pie, the first one. Wow. And that was that was the one where it was just like, I shouldn't be watching this right now. I went to theater and saw that. I was uh, probably 20 years old. Well, how old was I when American Pie came out? It was out? like 99? 99, yeah. So I would, it You're probably like came out on, me? it probably came out on DVD when I was in 2000. Um, So like, I would have been, like I would have been either 11 or 12 years old. 12 years old, yeah. Yeah. So imagine an 11 or a 12 year old watching American Pie, who's very, very sheltered. <laughs> we would go to like the local. I'm from a small town in like central Texas. And we'd go to the local like video store and we would we would rent Speak into the back room and look at the, the covers. No, we would rent like just like slasher movies that we weren't allowed to like, hey, I want Friday the 13th. And they would just rent it to us, like, no break, no big deal. So me and my friends just go and watch these slasher films and just have a ball. And they're all See, I could, I've never been able to do those. Just they're never. hilarious. And as, to this day, any Jason movie, I just think they're funny. They're not even, I mean, yes, there's I gore, guess, okay, I'll take, I, I've been able to watch like Jason movies. Scary. Jason movies aren't hard, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we'd watch Friday the 13th and be, be like, and just be like, oh, my God. You know, just like being Teenage Boys. But it's not like they're like frightening. They're just like gory, and who gives a shit? But yeah, that's that's about it. We would uh, 
Although yeah, there was one store they had like the like beaded like yeah, the beaded back room. Yeah. Beaded back room. We were like we would try to sneak in look in. Look at the <laughs> just look at the, at the covers. covers just look at the covers. <laughs> when you're like 13, 14 years old. But yeah. Those stores didn't stay open too long in my town. Man, I miss the the Friday night blockbuster runs. Man, you know, so do it, I. It'd be the Friday night. I'd get back like a good report card, and I, that meant like I got to rent a movie and a video game. Ooh, buddy! And remember, I don't know if you did this. Uh, so they used to have like you could like rent like a gaming console. You could rent for, like a console. weekend. Yes, yes. And so like we didn't have like a like a premiere game. That was console. only for like big nights, though. Yeah. So it's like oh. I want to rent whatever football game just came out and the console. And we're me and my friends are going to play it like all weekend long, like mm-hmm. 24 hours a day. We're going to like beat the, we are going to play a season of like Madden or whatever. Or You're NCAA. old enough to remember this. Do you, did you have, this is, this is a, this was, this was like one of the coolest, like my dad, my dad splurged and got us this. Did you have the auto rewinder? Oh yeah, for sure. Where you could just like pop the tape in, you pop slap the tape in, like, rewind it, and just yeah. like rewind it super yeah. fast. Yeah, because you would return your film. I mean, you had to rewind the movie. Yeah, be kind, rewind. And Blockbuster would like fine you. Yeah, like you. There's like a you, fee if you didn't. Yeah, you would come in and be, there'd be like, oh, there's a dollar fifty fee on your account for not rewinding. Oh yeah, for sure. But as I got older, like even like whenever I was like eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, they still had like movie theaters or not movie theaters, but like rental places blockbuster things like that and like me and my friends like we would rent movies and just like keep them so like i had a buddy he was like he couldn't rent movies like in the tri-county area <laughs> like because he had so many outstanding fines for like unreturned movies um, Unre- <laughs> i still have a copy of the world's end the the Simon Pegg movie. That's like the one they go to the pubs. Yes. Yeah. Um, I still have a red box copy of that. That like some people were over at my house and somebody brought a red box and was like, "Oh, we'll watch this." And then they were like, "Hey, can you return it?" And I was like, "Sure." And I just never did. <laughs> we used to go to the. This is I was in Waco. We would go to like the flea market down on um, LaSalle. And there's a place you could go like and they had like DVDs and you could say, hey, where's you got the new movie list? <laughs> and they were just bootlegs. <laughs> and he would just like sell you like like you get three, three of them for like $15. And so like that's how I watched Revenge of the Sith for the first time was on this bootleg DVD <laughs> from the flea market on LaSalle in Waco. Because I popped it in and it had like the numbers scrolling on the bottom like it was like like a reel. Oh, it was yeah. probably like a digital copy <laughs> like that they digital. gave to like a movie theater or something. Yeah. 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 And that's what that's how I watched the uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Oh, I miss Blockbuster. That was like that was like our thing in my little friend. I miss like was... DVDs. Oh, I miss we... Blockbuster because we had family who would like work at Blockbuster. So we'd always get like when a movie is coming out, like we'd get like first dibs on like a, a new release. Oh, lucky. There was nothing worse than going into a blockbuster to like go get the hot new release. And they're like, you remember, they would have like the, they would have the, yeah. the actual movie boxes. 
Yeah, but, but there's behind no, like, them would be the rental cases. And yeah. so you'd walk in and you'd see this wall of the movie boxes and there would be no rental Nothing. cases behind them. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, man, I missed out on The Patriot. You're right. You're right about this, though. There's nothing. Nothing was better than that Friday night going to Blockbuster or just deciding what you wanted to get. You'd spend whatever. 45 minutes just walking around like my kids. I feel bad because like it's not the same to like scroll through your streaming platform of choice to find a movie to watch. It's right. It was, it was special, thing. dude. It's like we're going to go out. We're going to go to Blockbuster and we're going to go home and order we're pizza. Order pizza. We're going to bring some popcorn home. It's candy. Mm. Some we're gonna, candy. We're gonna turn the lights out. We're gonna watch this movie as a family. As a family. And like it's just a great, it was great. I I I remember I have nothing but like positive vibes and memories of like going to the movie store, picking out a movie, and everyone got to pick out because they had this things like, you know, you can pick out five movies for X amount of dollars or whatever it was. Yeah. And you'd be like, all right. Your sister gets to pick out a movie. You get to pick out a movie. Then the adults are going to pick out a movie, and we're all going to watch our movies. Yep, that was just a great, a great experience. I, you're right about that. That was, I'm very nostalgic about that that experience overall. Yeah, it's it's different. It's different, it's different. than today. It's different because, yeah, it's just a completely different vibe because it was just the physical aspect of like we're going to the movie store. You're going to peruse the titles and pick out one that you want to watch. We There was a while where like the Albertsons, where we went grocery shopping. Oh, they, they had, had like a movie. A, yes, I remember those. Yeah. And they would have like dollar rental nights and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I remember like going to the grocery store, whether it's Albertsons or Kroger or whatever, and they had a section that was like the, the video section. And you yeah. could go and rent movies at the grocery store. They were always yes. clear boxes is where yes. the VHS tapes would come in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, and I forgot about that. That's that's a now. Good I'm not saying that anyone that I lived with would ever have done this, but there was also a way where you could have a VCR that was plugged into your TV that would mm-hmm. play things, and then you could take another VCR mm-hmm. and plug that also into your TV and set it to record things. Bro. So. You could bring home a VHS tape, pop it in, and then take a blank VHS tape and pop it in the other VCR and record it, and then you would now own that movie. I'm going to take you way back. I'm going to take you way back. Here's what we did. Probably before you were born. You had the VCR. You rented the movie or whatever. Then you had either a neighbor or a friend. You got their camcorder. (laughs) <laughs> connected that to the VCR you recorded the size of an actual like the news size camera of an actual, today. Like, we had a camcorder <laughs> and then you plug the tape in the cam and you're recording from the VCR to your camcorder that's how I watched uh, I'm sure Brad Brown if you're Brad Brown our buddy Zoocat you're probably listening to the if you're still listening Brad uh, text me text me your favorite technological movie things from your childhood because I'm sure Brad's got a couple yeah I remember, I remember vividly. My mom borrowed like a friend of hers camcorder, and we recorded like E.T. and Cinderella for me and my sister to have a video copy of it, and we watched it 
like one summer, like every single day. Oh man, Disney VHSs. Oh. The, the those boxes oh. that they came in, irreplaceable. That's something that we have Huge lost. Ass plastic boxes that you like crack open. Like so satisfying to open and close. Yeah. Oh. Because they had the big old plastic like tabs that connected yeah. to close it. Man, and they would nothing was better. It, man. And yeah, yeah. And you had to like it took some like strength to pop those things open and get the tape out. Yeah. You pop open like like my favorite one was probably like uh Robin Hood, like with whenever like Robin Hood is a fox. Yep. And then um, that's probably my favorite like Disney childhood Disney film. Like to pop that thing open, the big old huge rectangle, pop that thing open, take out the VHS. Mm. So satisfying. It's like ASMR. This was a good pop culture tangent tonight. This is just old man. Good. It was just old like man reminiscing. It was just reminiscing about uh, the 80s and uh, early 90s. Blockbuster. Yeah. All right. On that note. On that yeah. note. Where can the people find you and where can they find the podcast? We well, can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter. At Matt underscore Workman, and you can find the podcast at the Bared In Pod. How about you, Joe? You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. You can also find me in the ODB Discord. Go join us there, or in the uh, Ten Twelve Network channel and the yeah. Wide Right Natty Light Discord. I'm also there. And then as we get closer and closer to the football team and over the summer and stuff, I'll have some stuff coming out on our Daily Bears. Um, and if you're in Houston, rodeo season, I'll be working up there too. So come check me out. Absolutely. Well, Joe, until next time. As always. Sick and Bears. Sick and Bears. Sports Social Podcast Network.